If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to join us today. We're coming to you live from our studios in Kokomini. We are on DTT because we're free to on BSC, channel 4 to 1, and Go TV channel 1 to 5. We are your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Coming up this afternoon, Public Accounts Committee of Parliament orders a great ministry to immediately compensate farmers affected by the avian influenza outbreak between 2015 and 2018. We have details for you shortly. Also, organized labor says it has not received official communication from government indicating the withdrawal of the 15% VAT on electricity consumption as it indicates it will continue with its planned actions. We have more coming from the labor front. Um, you see that most of our institutions are on red bands. We've outlined series of activities um, Last air quality in Accra reported to have reached hazardous levels according to air monitoring index site IQA. We have details of that report shortly, which is advising the public to mask up. We're also live on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and X Spaces via Joy News on TV. My personal handle is at the Nana Aisha. Please do stay. Organized Labour says it has not received any official communication from government indicating the withdrawal of the 15% VAT on electricity consumption. The TUC says it will continue with its planned protest, which kick-started today with the wearing of red headbands to compel the government to withdraw a 15% VAT on electricity consumption. The workers say if the government fails to withdraw the directive, they will stage a massive demonstration on February 13. Listen to... TUC Vice Chair Ken Kudia. They went around, you see that most of our institutions are on red bands. We've outlined series of activities um, geared towards the final demonstration. So, uh, beginning with red band today, and then it continues to the point where government, if it doesn't step in, then we'll have to shut out our offices. We are betting that that IMF will surely compel or um, let government come up with uh, policies that would always affect the, the, the workers' income. I mean, that, that's ultimate. Whatever comes up is going to affect our purchasing power, the value of our income. And we would wait one at a time. For now, it is the, the VAT issue. We know that there could be other in the, others in the pipeline Water will, will, will come up shortly. 
But we are uh, resolved that in all this, government must first consult. Let's engage. Let's talk. There could be other options, other alternatives for all of us than the, the unilateral decision that government seeks to approach, government seeks to, to, to always take. So if there's an issue in the pipeline, officially we've not received that communication yet. Once it comes to our attention, I'm sure Labour will meet and take that position. decision. We've sent notices to all our regions. We've written to the IGP. We've written to regional, uh, regional police commanders. We've written to our regional um, officers. We've asked every union to write to its employer, informing them of our intentions. All the worker leaders in every institution have been given the itinerary and series of actions. So we, we, we've done whatever we have to do um, until the last day where we all come out and look at our offices and be on the street. Meanwhile, the Ghana Union Traders Association also says it strongly opposes the proposed implementation of the electricity and emission levies due to the detrimental economic consequences it will have on businesses. Listen to Guta President Dr. Joseph Obing. He spoke earlier on the AM show. We're talking about cost of doing business, and it is actually um not helping us in terms of um, uh, payment of duty in terms of payment of taxes especially the challenges that we have with the vat uh, strata is not helping um the, the cost of trading at all and so and then if you think about inflation it has eaten up the purchasing power of the consuming public and so uh, it also affects the the rate of turnover that we used to enjoy. And so um, this is the state of uh, doing business now. Now, um, um, uh, the indicators are getting right, and um, we, we expect that we do things that will help us sustain um, the, the gains that we are having. And unfortunately, um, um, the, um, the government keep piling the, the taxes that will come and then um, hold this um, um, the gains that we are having. And that's why we are talking against the new taxes, because right. at least um, we are able to achieve exceedingly our revenue targets. So if this electricity tax and then emission is a form of um, a ta um, enhancement of um, the revenue uh, collection, then of course, um, we are just thinking about revenue without thinking about uh, uh, productivity. Because we, uh, government itself knows that we cannot overtax ourselves out of production. We'll take you live to the TUC office where there's a meeting between Clock Sag and the TUC. My colleague Kenneth Jesse is there to bring us all the updates. But right now, let's head to Parliament where the Public Accounts Committee has directed the immediate payment of funds allocated to the Ministry of Agriculture to compensate farmers affected by the avian influenza between 2015 and 2018. According to the Auditor General's report, about 1.8 million cities earmarked for the compensation continue to lie in the accounts of the ministry which has failed to disburse the funds at the public accounts committee sitting on monday chairman of 
the Public Accounts Committee, Dr. James Kluche, a veggie director, that the ministry effect the payments within one month. I've been joined by my colleague, Kwekwa Sante, who is monitoring affairs for us. Kwekwa Sante, what more are we picking up from the uh, Public Accounts Committee sitting? Well, Aisha, so between 2015 and 2018, the avian influenza devastated farms in the greater Accra region and other parts of the country. Government made specific budgetary commitments to compensate farmers who have been affected by this. But so many years on, these payments have not been made and the farmers have been complaining. In fact, when the Auditor General went on fact-finding, he found out that the money that were meant to pay these farmers were actually lying dormant in the ministry's accounts and the demand now from the Public Accounts Committee through its chairman is that the agreed ministry makes this payment immediately to the affected farmers. But also one issue that has, uh, that has come up quite strongly at the Public Accounts Committee today is the matter of unearned salaries. Agency after agency, there are so many people in these ministries, departments and agencies who are getting paid every month for no work done. Some of them on steady leave, some of them completely abandoning their post. But, have, but having to receive money every month. This is a position the Public Accounts Committee is taking seriously. In fact, we've heard from Roxy Nelson, the farmer, who is, who is asking the committee to take a stronger position on it, get Yoko and the Ghana police involved to arrest these persons who are earning so much money but are not doing anything in these government departments and agencies. Kwekwasante, so what uh, is uh, on the agenda after this? Uh, is there any other uh, ministry or any other agency coming to face the Public Accounts Committee? Well, last week, the boss of the National Sports Authority was expected to be here. He wasn't. And today, I've just seen him in the committee room. It means that very soon he'll be there. He's expected to face tough questions from members like Sam George, who have been raising concerns about the renting out of the Accra Sports Stadium and other such sports stadiums across the country for concerts and church events without proper maintenance schedule. So he is there. Very soon we expect that he'll take his seat. Currently on the hot seat is the, the head of the local government service, Dr. Dan, a, a engineer Dr. Dana Atwatha, who's been responding to concerns, mainly revolve, uh, revolving around matters of unearned salarization. Kukwa Sanchez, our correspondent in Parliament, definitely will bring you more from the Public Accounts Committee setting, which is still underway. Let's go back to the labor unrest. My colleague Kenneth JC has been interacting with Clocksag, an organized labor who say they will still embark on their strike to demand for the withdrawal of the 15% VAT on electricity consumption. He joins me now with more. Ken, we understand the union members have declined speaking on tape, but off camera, what have you observed and what have they been telling you? Hello, Kenneth. We understand that the union members are declining to speak to you on tape, but off camera, what have you yourself observed and what have they been telling you? Right, so we'll try and bring back Kenneth JC, who's been monitoring this for us. And uh, we are still live on Joy News today. We're coming to you from our studios in Kokomlimli. We are on DTT because we're free to wear. Accra is currently uh, has the worst air quality in the world, according to IQ Air. The current air pollution in the city is 61 times the WHO annual air quality guideline value. Kokwa Sante has been sharing details of that report with us. If you look at the world ranking now, Ghana is ranked the worst. And in fact, if you look at the data from, from months gone by, it used to be India that used to have this very 
poor quality air quality. In fact, if you step out now and you look at the atmosphere, you see that the weather is really polluted. So let me take you through the ranking. You see Accra, Ghana, ranking 313. That is the AQI US. And then the next closest is Mumbai in India. That is 171, which tells you that, in fact, if you look at the, 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 the poor quality of the atmosphere in Ghana, it is almost double what you see in India now. And it has been so over the past few years. And in fact, if you look at 313 that we are scoring on the ranking now, the, the appropriate measure, which is a moderate, is from 0 to 50. So you need to score between 0 and 50 to be able to breathe in some quality air. And Ghana is currently having 313 currently, and that is a lot. In fact, if you, if you, if you do an in-depth analysis of why Ghana is scoring that much, they don't provide so much detail, but they say that the air quality in Ghana now is very, very unhealthy, and they advise people to put on masks, to use humidifiers, and other things to be able to, to, to get that. They are supposed to avoid outdoor exercise, close windows, get an air purifier, wear a nose mask, among other things. In fact, over the past few years, there have been some studies that have gone into to necessarily specify why this is so. Some have sought to put it down to the hamatan, but some of us have done the comparative analysis that this is not the first time we are recording Hamatan or the dry season in the country. It has not always been like this. It's a testament to climate change and also the burning of refuse, among other things. And so, in fact, if you look at certain segments in Accra, if you look at Agogulushi, you look at University of Ghana, if you look at the, the area around the, 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 the U.S. Embassy in Ghana, the, the air quality differs a little bit. But the general view is that the, the, the atmosphere is really polluted in Accra. On your election headquarters, there's some simmering confusion in the new patriotic party in the offensive North constituency, which is in a state of disarray as supporters of the incumbent MP Collins and team are accusing fans of the newly elected parliamentary candidate, Dr. Fred Chia Samoa, of attacking them exactly a week after the constituency's party primaries. Constituency Vice Chairman of the party, Dr. William Kwabana Nenchi, at a press briefing says the situation is not addressed could lead to the party could lead the party into opposition in December 2024 and I have it the new patriotic party went to the polls on the 27th of January to elect new parliamentary candidates across 104 constituencies where the party has certain members of parliament and here in the offensive north constituency the incumbent who has been in office for the past 15 years, Collins Augustine team, lost his bid to represent the party in the 2024 polls. Moments after the shocking news hit the ground, his 22-year-old son, Rabbi Ntim Dapa, was also pronounced dead after receiving the news of his dad's shocking defeat. Even before the elections, there were signs of a turmoil with both supporters of the incumbent and the newly elected PC pointing accusing fingers at each other. Exactly a week after the polls, the constituency is charged again after supporters of the incumbent member of parliament, Collins Augustine team, were allegedly attacked by thugs from the camp of the newly elected candidate, Dr. Fred Che Asamoah, after they were allegedly prevented from attending the one-week celebrations of the late son of the defeated candidate. Here is one of the attacked persons narrating to join news how he was attacked. I met a number of people in front of my house and overheard them saying that they will kill someone today. 
los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera pero este Comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Another victim of the attack who lives closer to the residence of the newly elected candidate says his structure has been demolished by the unknown tax who were allegedly hired by the new candidate. I had a call and my house is being attacked. When I I realized that they demolished my structure including my fence wall and then beating my daughter too. Constituency Vice Chairman of the party, Dr. William Kobna-Nepi, bemoans the insecurities being recorded across the constituency before and after the polls. Any gathering we attend of late, we are recording violence acts. Just today, we saw tax, tax, beating people around, causing commotion, and, I mean, beating and, and injuring people within the constituency. Offensive have never recorded such violence acts in Offensive He further asked that the party's success is in limbo ahead of the next elections if the situation is not addressed. All we are calling for is the unity. Now, we are calling the new parliamentary candidate to call the party executives, call the patrons, call his supporters, and then call for unity so that we all sit down to look at the way forward. As it stands now, we believe that it will, if we continue like this, we are likely to lose the party or to lose the power to uh, NDC. The other faction who were alleged to have carried out the attack says the information peddled out there is false as they were rather attacked by supporters of the defeated candidate Collins Augustine and team when they visited in King Kansu to commemorate with the MP who lost his son. Baba Ubakar is the immediate past second vice chairman of the party. It is not true. They, even yesterday, they even uh, gave us warning not to come to the funeral. But we, uh, we didn't hear them because we know Honorable AC and Tim is our current MP. And so far as uh, 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 he lost his son, it's all, uh, uh, all of us, not only him. So we have to uh, mobilize and go and help him. But uh, 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 since uh, they started attacking us, We all uh, we draw uh, uh, our support of him. The incident has left the people of the area in a state of fear following the packets of electoral violence recorded across the constituency. District Chief Executive of Offensive North, who doubles as the chairman of the District Security Council, Albert Sefa Brampon, who, who condemned the act, says the security are fully in charge of the situation and perpetrators of violence will be brought to book. 
I have talked to the police commander, he is in charge, and I want to encourage the citizens. Everybody should go on his normal duties. Police is in charge, they will make sure that no problem happens to anybody. But all those behind these things, they should be, they should be careful so that nobody will be held by the police, else the law will take this course. Reporting for Joy News, Anasin Sabit, Akumadai. Delegates of the New Patriotic Party in Doma East Constituency have endorsed incumbent member of parliament Paul Chumberima as a party's parliamentary candidate through a popular acclamation. Parliamentary Affairs correspondent Kwekwa Sante reports. Paul Chumberima was the only candidate to have successfully filed this nomination to represent the governing party in the 2024 election in that constituency. Over 500 delegates participated in the special delegates conference where the MP was approved without contest following his success during the party's vetting process. Supervised by the Electoral Commission in the region, the exercise was also observed by the regional and constituency executives of the NPP. In expressing his gratitude during the conference, Paul Chumberima thanked the delegates for their renewed confidence in him. It is our hard work and, uh, and the confidence the good people of Amaris have once again reposed in me. Clearly, it is, it is important for you to serve. Every leader, the first point of call for you is to serve. And the Amaris people feel that for Chubema has served them well. Therefore, they won't give you that opportunity to once again represent them at the ninth parliament, where Dr. Mamad Baumia will be the next president of this great country. And I think that is why they gave me that opportunity. Bono Regional Secretary of the NPP, Kofi Ofusubwatin, extolled the virtues of Paul Chumberima as a rising star within the NPP. Bama is, if you have followed the trajectory of electoral votes, each election, presidential elections, Bama is the lever for the Bono region in terms of popular votes. They run number four. So that's how important this constituency is. So we are all glad, we are all happy. And the nature of this individual, Fortune Berima, is, is so distinguishing. He's one that has come into the region as a first-time member of parliament who's been able to bring along often constituencies in the region, six often constituencies in the region. You can feel his impact. You can feel the job that he does beyond his own constituency. Member of the party's national communication team, Kwesi Bojri, implored the vice president, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, to consider nominating Paul Chumberima as his running mate for the 2024 election. Talk about health. So far, a lot of things are going on in this constituency about health. Clearly, Honorable Chumberima is, a, is, a, is an epitome of patriotism, hard work, and dedication. And I'm confident that most of the young people in the new patriotic party are looking out to him. You know that the new patriotic party boast of having the men and clearly honorable chumberima is one of the men we have in, 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 in the new patriotic party i do not think that the npp needs a clear-cut asante person we only need an account to complement the candidature of the vice president and an account can come from the ashanti region or the bono region i will be glad if it goes to the ashanti region but i will also be excited if it comes to the bono region because they all form part of the new patriotic party clearly where we are now we do not even need a from Ashanti region. We need to complete the roads in Ashanti region, make sure we are commissioning the airport and engaging a lot of infrastructure projects in Ashanti region. That is what we need. 
the Ashantis will come out to overwhelmingly endorse the new patriotic party. But as for the running mate, we need an account. We don't necessarily need an Ashanti, but we need an account. And Bono Reggie force into the equation. Thank Paul Chumberima will be looking forward to winning again in Doma East to enter parliament for the second time in 2025. NDC Viana of Dagbon Abubakari II has admonished the NDC flag bearer to focus on building a legacy by ensuring development in the country if successful in the upcoming elections. He says this consideration should be treasured the curse to amass riches for his family. In a speech read on his behalf, uh, he encouraged the former president to run a clean campaign devoid of name-calling. He further cautioned against appointees whose corrupt deeds may negatively affect his presidency. The NDC flag bearer has taken the building Ghana tour to the northern region. And Nanae Aljima joins us with more from there. Nanae Aljima, how has the NDC flag bearer been receiving this from the IANA? So the NDC flag bearer after the IANA um, had his turn to speak or to address the NDC, and John Mahama also uh, was given the opportunity to speak to the people in the IANA. But before we talk about John Mahama, let's go back to the IANA and some of the things that he has been saying. Very important among the things that he said to John Mahama is that he should ensure that the best of people are appointed into his government to ensure that he's able to leave the legacy that the young is seeking. He says that one thing that should be constant in his government is that there should be reshuffling so he gets the best of people to help um, prosecute the agenda to build Ghana to the standard that all the Ghanaians are looking for. And he says that Ghanaians will not forgive John Mahama if he refused to build the kind of Ghana that we are all seeking for. Um, further, on, on the part of John Mahama, when he took his turn, he congratulated the Yana for the role that he has played in ensuring that there is peace in Gabon. He spoke about some security issues that recently um, he learned that were, you know, were, were, came up in the area. And the Yana has teamed up with some people in the local assembly to ensure that the armed robbery and other security threats in the area were, were kept. And what John Mahama is saying is that when he is appointed, or when he is elected president, he will ensure that security is built up in the area to help deal with the situation. Also, John Mahama touted some of his achievements in, uh, in Yendi and environs when he okay. was made he spoke specifically of a water project that was to save people of Yendi, and he says that when he returns to power, he will ensure that this water project, this water project, is completed. And this, the exact words he said is that he will ensure that the Yana never goes thirsty again. So he has been speaking about other projects that he, he is looking at developing in this area. He spoke about the hospital facility for the people here that's upgrading the current health facility in EMD. He has been talking about the road projects within the area and other things that he intends to, 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 to um, develop to ensure that this area um, gets the necessary improvement in facility or infrastructure as needed. From there, John Mahama will move to the um, Yendi Senior High School where a town hall meeting will be held and after that, 
uh, he will move from the area to Gushegu and complete today's tour at Miom. And in these areas, he will hold um, town hall meetings in the areas. And after uh, and before the, these town hall meetings, he will make sure that he meets the traditional authorities in these areas. The tour of the northern region will be, in, uh, will be for two days, as he has been doing in all the areas that he has so far visited. With that report from the building Ghana tour with the NDC flag bearer. Thank you for that update. Let's get on to other stories. Imperial Home Ghana Limited, a real estate firm, is marking 15 years of successful business existence. During a health walk by the company CEO Frank James Fieboa, he assured clients of continuous apartment development that meets their preferences and specifications. Imperial Homes Ghana has carved a niche for itself in the real estate industry with its custom luxurious homes, which deliver modern architectural styling and supreme functionality and comfort. Its apartments are carefully crafted to suit the unique taste of clients. The company also delivers service offerings which cuts across construction, project management and property development with a team of highly skilled and experienced professionals. The company has most of its embellished apartments dotted across prime areas in Accra, including Airport Hills and cantonments, as well as Osu here in Accra. A health walk was organized by the management to mark 15 years of the company's existence and set another milestone. Executive Director of Imperial Homes, Frank Jemfi Iabua, pledged the company's commitment to develop a strong and healthy community for the country. Today, as we reflect on our accomplishment, it is important to recognize the importance of not only building homes, but also fostering a healthy and an active lifestyle. The health work that we undertook today symbolizes our commitment to the well-being of our community. Just as we have constructed steady and beautiful homes, we must also prioritize the construction of a strong and a healthy community. As we traverse this path together, let us remember that good health is the foundation and the cornerstone on which we build our aspirations. Director of Imperial Charity Foundation, Nana Ansa Kwao IV, touted the philanthropic achievements of the company, indicating health and education remain the focal areas. So there's a charity foundation attached to Imperial Homes. And so when they build their houses and they make money, they give me some, and then I reach out to the community. So we do health, education mainly. And uh, I feel it's the most significant part of the company. We operate in the very niche end of the market. And so very few percentage of Ghanaians, you know, patronize what we do. And so how then do the others benefit? Is by reaching out. And so uh, we've done... Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. And quite a lot of projects... 
we refurbished the first floor ward or Kolebu maternity ward and then we went back so we're going to do actually renovation for them again uh, just two no a week ago we donated beds to Medina Polyclinic we're giving beds to Kolebu again Indeed, we have some more beds. So if there's anybody watching and they need, they need some beds in their local hospital, they can always reach out and we'll, you know, give them a couple. Uh, we'll build a school in Hogbo. Uh, uh, airport police station, we, you know, kidded them out. And we've done a lot of reaching out in terms of health and education. And so that's my part I play in Imperial Homes. And, uh, you know, going forward, we are hoping to do more. We're really hoping to do more uh, because I think that's the only way society would benefit from you know a company. Because if a company has lasted 15 years, by all means you owe it, you owe it to the the society it survives in. And how do we do that by reaching out? The company is keen on contributing to the reduction of the housing deficit in the country, which hovers around 1.8 million units. Let's allow everyone to join us today. We take a break when we return. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to the business segment on Join News today with me, Pios Kojo Baka. Fetch Solutions is forecasting upside risks to the country's interest rate projection. That's according to its latest article dubbed more interest rate cuts on the way in Ghana following cautious start of easing cycle. Here's more. <laughs> The NDC's Building Ghana Tour, which is solicited. The UK based firm said an escalation in geopolitical tensions could disrupt global trade, leading to further increases in global commodity prices. As Ghana is a net importer of both fuel and food items, such an increase would raise the cost of imports and disrupt the disinflation process. It added there's also a risk that negotiations between Ghana and its commercial creditors will stall and take longer than currently anticipated. This would delay international monetary fund disbursements and weaken investor confidence, resulting in a sell-off of the CD and a resurgence of inflation. In both scenarios, it said the Bank of Ghana would embark on a more conservative monetary easing cycle than currently forecast. The National Democratic Congress is committing to the activation of the cargo export intention of the Temale Airport for agricultural product exportation. Now, flag bearer of the party, John Dramani Mahama, says export of vegetables to Europe is one of the reasons for the investment in the northern region. Here's a report. <laughs> The NDC's Building Ghana Tour, which is soliciting public suggestions in joining the party's 2024 election manifesto, continues to hold town hall meetings for the purpose. In meetings held at the Upper East Region, calls for job opportunities for the youth were intensified. Due to the agricultural potential of the area, the NDC intends to create jobs through the improvement of factors affecting the sector. The Tamale International Airport remains vital in the established plan of the John Mahama-led government if successful in staging a comeback to power. Mr. Mahama explains the intentions for the airport's expansion in his term includes exportation of agriculture products. 
when we designed Tamale International Airport, our intention was that it will not just be a passenger airport, but it will serve the whole of the north in terms of exporting vegetables and other products to Europe because it is shorter from Tamale to Europe, it takes you five hours, than from Accra to Europe. And so if we are growing vegetables here, we have pack houses, we are packing those vegetables and we're taking them to Tamale and putting them on flights to Europe, a lot of money will come back into the northern sector of the country. And so we'll build the cargo center at the Tamale airport so that all the products that we produce from here that are exportable, we'll be able to pack them nicely and send them to Tamale and fly them to Europe for export. The NDC flag bearer is committing to the revival of cotton cultivation, which served as revenue generation for farmers in off-season. He explains how. We had three generals. One was here in the Upper East, one was in Tumu, and one was in, uh, uh, um, in Tamale. And they used to buy all the cotton that was grown. That was the product that used to give our parents cash because they paid cash for it. Our parents grew crops to feed our families, sorghum, millet, guinea corn, groundnuts, maize. And then getting to the end of the farming season, they put cotton into the crops. And after they have harvested their food, the cotton grows, they pick the cotton and they go and sell it to the ginry and they get cash to look after their families. We're going to revive the cotton industry. On creating employment through industrialization, the Pualugu Tomato Factory, which could not be sustained after retooling by the former president, John Ajakum Kufo, remains relevant in the NDC's plan. And so we're going to revive the Pualugu Tomato Factory and we're going to involve the irrigation farmers in the tunnel area to produce enough tomatoes to feed that factory so that we can create employment for our young people here. Already, the NDC flag bearer says some investors have shown interest in reviving the Zwalungu meat factory. He emphasized on the role of the Wulugu livestock station. And so we'll revive the Zwarungu meat factory using the raw material from the Wulugu meat factory. They say when a blind man says you throw a stone, he's standing on one. I've already discussed with some private investors who are willing to come in and take those two projects up and revive them so that our young people can get work to do. Meanwhile, some residents of the area are anticipating the impact of the plants on the local economy. For joining us, Nanayo Jima, Upper East Region. And that's it for business. I am Pius Kujubaka. I shall be back at 1 p.m. with the marketplace. Sports is next. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. 
CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.